Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide, let's go. Listen, listen. So now it's time to turn it up. Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in your area like landscape. Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in. And recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis. When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him. He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him. And from that point then we hear a name change. Rearrange the game so now we got to change. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 274, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. As always, I am Chris Featherstone, follow us at Crave Wrestling on Facebook, and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Tonight, I'm really, really excited to have this guest on the show. Uh, I think, I always, always count my female guests, because there's something about the female guest that makes it the, the, the show got much more important for some reason because I rarely have female guests. I think this is the fourth or fifth female guest that I've had in five years, nearly a hundred guests. So uh, it's unique, it's special, and I'm really excited to bring on former WWE star uh, Ariane Andrew, uh, formerly known as Cameron. How are you tonight? It's Ariane. <laughs> yes. Ah, okay, that's a good way. That's a good way to uh, memorize it. Uh, Ariane. Yes, Ariane Andrew. Uh, Formerly known as Cameron. Uh, did you ever like that name, Cameron? Um, it's one of the names that I did choose. I've always 
like kind of um, I guess you'd say like a, a boy's name for a girl. Yeah. Like, like, can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I think about it, I wish it was like a, a cooler name, but yeah, because you're originally Cameron Lynn, right? Cause bring that femininity in it. Yeah, originally Cameron Lynn, and they dropped the Lynn when they put me um, with Planet Fox. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like the, the Cameron thing, too. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, her daughter's name is Cameron. My brother's name is Cameron. Um, and, yeah, it, it just that, that you know, six kind of unisex type of name, like Ryan, you know, Ryan Shamrock back in the day in, in WWE, um, so that's that's very interesting. So, uh, you know, you on Tough Enough, what what made you want to come to the WWE in the first place? Um, you know, there you have that uh, really monumental moment that you had with Stone Cold Steve Austin about your favorite match that, you know, has been talked about a bunch of times. It's not, it's not too much need to, to, to beat on that dead horse. But uh, it, it, it's interesting that someone who has been known to ha- not be uh, necessarily a wrestling uh, enthusiast, um, decided to pursue the career of wrestling. What, what made you want to do that? something in you that they were willing to cultivate. Uh, who recruited you? Who, who gave you the call And as far as just uh, bringing you to, to the WWE to give you an opportunity? You know, 
was like, you know, we want to uh, offer offer you a contract. And, of course, like, I mean, you think about it. If someone were to come up to you and say, you could be a part of this amazing company, who would say no? You know, no matter what your background is. Yeah. Because, you know, I know that there's a lot of people in the Indies that, you know, dig their way to, you know, be a part of the WWE, but everybody's journey is different. I think that's something that people forget. We're yeah. all handed opportunities different ways. Sometimes it's about timing. And I feel like at the end of the day, I feel like it's what you do that wants giving you the opportunity, no matter what your background is, because that's life. And sometimes life is here, but we also know people's backstories and what they went through to even get there. That's right. And breaking, you know, for the inches and, you know, going through all that and I've you know and I and I know how many people are seeing executives. If they they go through a lot, they'll make much money, but they're doing something because they're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's just one of those things that it's like I'm happy I'm to have the opportunity to discuss it because yes, my journey was different people can call it unfair, but no one knows what I went through to to get to where I got all the blood, sweat and tears and, you know, the little things of going back down and it seemed like I really wanted it. So it's like, again, everyone's journey is different. You can't stop someone for how they, they get in. Everyone has a different journey. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that's uh, one of the uh, an example of that is, you know, Bill Goldberg. You know, he was m- more known as a football player, but there was something about Bill Goldberg that they saw. Um he came, he didn't have the claw and scratch and be in the business for, you know, 10, 15 years and became one of the, the biggest superstars in, in, in pro wrestling history. So, like you said, you know, journeys are different, but it just matters what you do with what you're given and the path that you take uh, that people are really going to remember. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, as far as the IWC is concerned, which is a very, a very brutal, you know, community, uh, <laughs> yeah, and what what type of feedback throughout your pro wrestling career? I'm sure, unfortunately, uh, is it was probably not becoming or probably not encouraging or enduring, uh, endearing rather. What type of feedback or, or what are some of the, the the negative stuff that you've heard throughout your 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 career as a wrestler from the dreaded IWC, the heartless IWC community? What are, what are some of the stuff that you've heard from them? Oh, something Indeed. Let's just, you know, let's put it this way. You know, if I could be in the spotlight, everyone's going to have an opinion. Yeah. And because me, everyone's just like Bobby, you know, always in Cameron character, they never really got to Arion. And I didn't have the machine behind me, so of course, you have to put your you know, boisterous character, and then, you know, not having the machine to back me up and give me every match. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, sometimes people forget that this is worth entertainment. We're there to entertain. And so, everyone knows, you know, when it comes to the finish, it's determined. You know, it, it, that's not a secret anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, after watching because it's like that's what the truth is, and that's just kind of, you know, how things have evolved. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I I take the positive and the negative. I you know sometimes I listen. It's like okay, really I can change anything. You know, it's it's made me who I am today. And mm-hmm. I don't 
everyone to love you. Um, and that's fine. You know, it's, everyone's not going to love you no matter what you do. It's just that's the kind of the price you pay when you try to step into the limelight. Yeah. And for me, it's like as long as I know what I'm doing on my end, um, using my platform, you know, for the youth and to encourage them no matter what, that the resilience that the sky has no limit. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not a fairy tale ending, you pray things you hope and you're resilient. Things do come to light, so yeah. you know that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I, I don't I don't take it personal. Um, you know, initially it was a hard pill to swallow. There's moments where it's just like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm like it, it, it's it's I'm human. We're all human. I'm pretty sure there's been quite a few people who have looked at comments before and thought like, Oh my god, do I wanna do this anymore? Like, you know, or I don't know if I can do this. I would be lying to you. Mm-hmm. I'm very honest. I'd be lying to think of getting bothered because I mean grow you know, you learn to grow this thick skin. And if you can't then no, I don't think being a retainer or being a wrestler um is is the is the right, you know, job for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So your time with uh, with with Naomi uh, with Brodus Brodus Clay is it's really interesting how that formulated. Uh, so many people thought that Brodus was coming as some monstrous heel, and all of a sudden the the Funkasaurus debuts. Now, how? Because he was having all these vignettes. Uh, uh, and then Lauren Itis was, you know, kind of on the phone, you know, passing the weeks by, saying he's going to debut this week and this week. When did you come along in the whole mix of reforming Brodus's character? Uh, so initially, you know, Naomi and I had a doing gimmick down um, at SCW, which is now NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I just say that for whoever decides to look better, she doesn't follow wrestling. Uh, and we were, like, you know, having so much fun and through this chemistry. And until this day, I still don't know if she'd ask, like, you know, I personally would have so much fun doing this, you know, with, with me. But I remember when NXT was, you know, in its starting phase of his and and he was like, do you have, you know, any dance experience? And I was like, um, no, not really. At that time, when I, you know, it's my last question, it's like, yes, I'm the best dancer there is. <laughs> so, um, so, like, because, of, you know, I'm like, by saying that, maybe they're like, well, you know, maybe we go with someone else who does have that, um, like, a dance experience. So, I remember getting the phone call, and I thought it was, like, a mistake or something. They were like, you know, they call the road, and I was so confused. I was like, well, what, I'm going to have to wrestle. She was tight. I've only been down here for six months, so I'm, I am not prepared for that, and at the time, Brandy um, was leaving, and they were like, oh, you're going to be announcing, and then I said, oh, you're going to be doing this dance gimmick with Brodus Naomi, I was so scared, so there were so many things that were going on, uh, which is like, okay, they were like, okay, we're going to have you start announcing, so that's what I thought I was doing, which I hadn't done, so I was like, either way, this is being or Yeah. And, you know, and in, in entertainment and in the WWE it's like sometimes you gotta fake it to make it and it's when you're put on the spot it's, that shows like sometimes you don't have time to process or think about it just go out there and do it mm-hmm. and that's what I did never had been in heels before or two before I, it was one of those moments it's like think or swim yeah uh, and then uh, personally I thought that 
I didn't really want to see Brodus come back as a monster heel because WWE didn't really do a really good job pushing monster heels at that time. They're doing pretty good with Brodus, uh, with uh, Braun Strowman. But back then, it wasn't too... I mean, we saw a few people coming in and out, including uh, his future partner, uh, you know, uh, Sweet T, who was once, you know, Lord Tenzai. Uh, did, did Matt Bloom give you guys any, any good pointers? Because now he's one of the, you know, head trainers down in the Performance Center. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes because everyone has an opinion, Soak it all in. Yeah. And just soak it all in and then, you know, find my place and find my voice. Yeah. Once I kind of started getting used to, you know, because at that time, it was just Naomi and Brodus and I, I got, you know, a little bit more comfortable. So then it's like I was able to tell Brodus, like, okay, we're going to do it this way and able to chime in once I kind of got a feel for things. Um, it was um, a pleasure working with that action down. And it's kids, like I got to see a different side to him. Mm-hmm. So he was actually very helpful when I had went back down there. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. He's a great person. That's awesome. Yeah, and he has tons of experience. And just speaking about your NXT days, I mean, we kind of saw a little bit, uh, some shades of it on the Total Divas. Um, just your your desire to to really continue to grow and mature in the business. You made the decision, if I'm not mistaken, you made the decision to want to go back to NXT and just really kind of uh, hone in your craft. Am I correct on that? Yes. Yeah. 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 It wasn't going to cut it. And I knew that I had charisma, which that's something I feel like you can't teach. But, you know, with the right person, I feel like you can teach someone to be a wrestler if they're dedicated and they do, you know, get focused and, 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 and learn. And so for me, I just was so tired of just being on the road. And I'm like, don't get an off season. It's two days off the year. I don't want to sit here and look at paychecks. That's not why I came here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit here and just collect points. That's not. I mean, for some people, that works for them. For me, it's like, I want to work hard for my money. Mm-hmm. I want to know that, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it feels good when you busted your butt, and you're like, wow, this paycheck means something. It didn't mean anything to me, because I was just sitting there. Because you're, like, you're, you're an athlete, and you, so you grew up competitive, so you you had that competitive spirit in you. Yeah. And find my find a place and 
ultimately it wasn't a fairy tale ending, but I, I can personally walk away knowing that I did everything that I possibly can to have zero regrets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think your character really started to shine in NXT. I think they cut you prematurely because I really think that your character was starting to shine in NXT. And NXT was really a breeding ground uh, to really revive some characters. They did it with Tyson Kidd, they did it with Zack Ryder. Uh, and we were looking forward, I was first looking forward to you, you know, kind of really honing your craft and coming back on the main roster with more of a character, with more of an angle, with more of a direction as a solo competitor. So, uh, yeah, I think they, they cut you short, but, you know, it happens, and you learn from it, like you said. So you, you mentioned that you were supposed to be a manager. Did you, you want to, you know, divulge the, the name, who you were supposed to, who you wanted to manage, or you pitched to, to manage? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. industry, friends with a bunch of professional wrestlers who've spent some time in the WWE, and I think that it seems like the common thread that I've received from just about every one of them is that they're so, it's so easy to do just about anything else, uh, you know, with anything, I was just uh, transcribing an interview with uh, with Alex Riley, formerly Alex Riley, and uh, you know he's pursuing acting now as well. And he was just talking about how you know if you can go out in underwear in front of you know thirteen, fifteen, twenty thousand people, you know you really you really don't have the jitters anymore to do anything else. And I think even from the female standpoint, there's so many people, especially for you. There's so many people, just because you don't have that pedigree, you don't have that enthusiast, or you didn't have it, but now, like you said, you've, you've grown to really appreciate the art of wrestling. But you have so many people, because you didn't have those elements, to just throw darts at you and just, you know, give you the whole kitchen sink through Twitter and Facebook. You've learned to accept no when it comes to, you know, 
uh, acting or it comes to different roles or it, if you get declined, those things, you know, they, you really get an opportunity to, to, to appreciate what you came from and handle the nose more. Is, is that something about right? You haven't reached 30 yet, right? You, you reached 30 this this year, right? This year. I'm 29 years young. Wow. Yeah, so you got so much ahead of, of you career-wise. Uh, let the listeners know. I know we've talked off air about some things that you can't uh, unveil, you know, live yet. So just let the listeners know where to find you, and uh, you know where where to find where is find your 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 portfolio. I'm sure there's going to be some people listening who's uh, looking for for you know some some acting gigs or whatever you're doing uh, nowadays. Appreciate your time, and I would love to be a guest to talk wrestling with you on the CBS podcast. Uh, just let me know, and uh, we'll talk to your agent, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully we'll make it happen. Oh, I have to come to the studio. Yeah, that's right. I live in Ohio, so that's a long that's a long journey. <laughs> that's a couple. That's almost across. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Thomas has a, a podcast uh, in the studio as well. Uh, he. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, so oh, L.A. and New York. I'm closer to New York. So if you ever come to New York, just let me know, and uh, we'll, we'll perfect. Sounds good. Well, congratulations on everything. It's so good that uh, you know you're doing some really good things. And uh, stay tuned for Ariane Andrew. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. <laughs> 
All right, bye-bye. Thank you so much, Ariane, Andrew, uh, for the wonderful interview. You know it's so funny, man? You have perceptions uh, toward people uh, based on what other people say, you know, and, and, and uh, just talking to her off air and uh, the, that 25-minute interview, a little over 25-minute interview with Ariane, it just, you know, she's it was incredibly warm and nice. And uh, just really friendly, and uh, you know, it it, it just really cra- it's really crazy about uh, you know how you know sometimes the IWC could uh, create a perception to someone uh, that in reality is is just not true because you know the time I was talking to her off air and and on the interview she's been she's been great so best wishes to Ariane uh, in her uh, endeavors I'm sure she's got a lot she's got a lot up the pike and. Uh, she just revealed one thing, and she's got a bunch more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into the show. We've got so much to talk about tonight, uh, so we're going to have some really, really good fun. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce the co-host with the most from Under the Mat Radio, Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight? Sir? Good to have you on the show tonight. All right, and, and we also have, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have the special guest on the show tonight, one of my favorite co-hosts, former feature columnist for Bleach Report. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring in Travis Taylor. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great. How you doing? It's great. I didn't give you an applause. Let me give you an applause. <laughs> Uh, all right, awesome. uh, Evan. Thank you. you. Oh, my <laughs> pleasure, man. You deserve it. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Evan Tech Proud, are you on? Are you on air? Are you? Are you with us? Yes, I'm here, brother. How you feeling? All right, I'm doing, doing great. Doing great. Doing great. All right, we got so much to talk about tonight. So, without further ado, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. <laughs> Real quick, before we get to the headlines, what are let's start with uh, start with uh, the guest for tonight, Travis. What are your thoughts on uh, Ariane after that interview? You know what? I have a, a newfound respect for Ariane. It was it was really interesting. I loved getting um, an insight. You know, I, I watched uh, her coming up through through you know Total Divas and and all the other programs. It was nice to hear her point of view and and mm-hmm. see her. Her reactions and, and talk about how she's grown and, and had this newfound respect for the business. It was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Evan, Ariane. I've always been a fan of Ariane, which most people have been a fan of. You know, great looking lady, always worked hard. She, um, she was just warm, you know, always seemed cool. I've, I've learned not to doing this for a long while in the business. She, Try not to go by the IWC, but even sometimes the boys may say about people, you have to get your own opinion. But uh, she seemed like a sweetheart, very warm, like you said. Definitely learned a lot about her, and um, got to look at her in more of a, in, in a different light. I always respected her, but definitely she has even more, my, even more of my respect now since the interview. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not down with that, I got two words for you, Mama Mia. 
Speaking of that, Mauro Ronaldo returns to NXT. Uh, well, returns to WWE as an NXT commentator. Uh, this is great. I, I think this is fantastic. Uh, right after, it's funny. It just seems like WWE really wanted to <laughs> capitalize on Ronaldo's fame uh, because he br- he brings an amazing element to NXT. I can't. Just imagine a three-man commentating team in a takeover of Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGinnis, and, and Jr. Evan, I mean, are you marking out on that already? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you know, we say my little uh, my my KC kind of shoot rule of no marking out in my stance, but uh, I'm marking out to it. I think I'm good friends with Jim Ross and. Uh, I always love Jim Ross' work. Nigel, we've been a fan with him since day one. And, and Mauro, I've always liked Mauro's work even before WWE. So, uh, the, this is the best commentary team we have in wrestling right now. Yeah. And better than oh. Raw, better than, better than SmackDown, even though, you know, Booker T is always great to me for other reasons. I really like um, Booker. Yes. He's grown so much, too, uh, behind the booth. Yeah. Yeah, he's. He's he's uh he's doing fantastic, man. Yeah. Uh, Travis, uh, just I mean I like Percy Watson too. I think he's I think he's maturing really well uh, too. But it'll be really interesting. I think you got really I think you got two kind of louder personalities with Morrow and Percy. Definitely a more calmer personality to kind of uh, level out the dynamic with Nigel. I think it's yeah, a pretty good three man uh, commentary team. Is Percy, is Percy done in the ring? Yeah, he's, he's, he's done. He's, he's, he's yeah. been a uh, yeah. He's been in a commentating booth uh, since late last year, I think has been. Yeah, and uh, he's doing yeah. a good job. He's he doing is. a really good job. I, I, he's just got room to improve here on out. You know, and and what you're saying earlier uh, with Ronaldo and Jr. and Nigel McGuinness, I would watch six hours of Monday Night Raw if they were the commentating yeah. team. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think Ronaldo coming back, I, it, it's a win-win for the WWE. You know, mm-hmm. he's a, he's great on commentary. He's got excitement and flair, and um, I think looking at this from uh, kind of like a business standpoint, I think his like public struggles with depression, I think that shines a really good light in the WWE. Yes, you know, and it, it, I don't think anything's really done in this day and age without having an eye on public yeah. perception. Uh, Absolutely, especially for. But you know who leaves? Go ahead. But you know who leaves though? Jimmy. Little JBLs. Yeah. Yeah. And and just to think, this is the territory days. And and Jimmy, like I said, he blocked me and my my company and show on Twitter. He blocked the young bucks, anybody that went against him and defended um, Morrow. But uh, hopefully, too bad they don't beat the wrestlers' court. Just to think of Taker or Austin. And you're just a red JBL, good old dribble. Yeah. Uh, for what he did well, tomorrow. Well, John Bradshaw Layfield, too bad for you. Dummy! Yeah. Dummy! Yeah! Yeah! Justin Hawk. <laughs> yeah, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. The knee black. The yeah. Well, speaking of two people having heat with each other, uh, Vince Russo, uh, he, he steps it up. He he goes Brother a different Rose. level. That's Last week we were talking about just the the, the war between Russo and Cornette. Uh, so within the week be, after the the last show, uh, last week it, <laughs> we got 
We got information that Vince Russo has filed a restraining order uh, uh, with to, against Jim Cornette. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some people thought it was a work. It still may be a work, honestly, but uh, I'm looking at this, the uh, restraining order right now. I wrote about it. I'm looking right at it. And uh, it's petition for an order for protection and request for a hearing filed by person seeking protection. Vincent Russo versus James Cornette, filed June the 16th, 2017. That's the case number, uh, state of Indiana. Uh, yeah. So from what the reports were, I mean, uh, Jim Cornette lives in Louisville. So he got a knock on his door and um, got it handed to him. And uh, Cornette posted it on Twitter. Travis, uh, how far does this go? Uh, you know, I really don't think it goes much further than this. Uh, this is just for, for all for show. Uh, and, and really, Risto's got nothing to worry about. I don't think Cornette could, uh, you know, chop dental floss in half if he wanted to. Um, it's, it's just it's just two boys, you know, not growing up. And, and just it's all for show. Nothing's going to happen for it. It's going to be forgotten by next week. Yeah. Evan, they're in their mid-50s, man. When does it, it end? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. The poor Johnny Prison. Oh, Lord. But, uh, I, uh, uh, Johnny Prison, Brad. It's a, uh, uh, what's up with the leader? This one for the kennel of hell, man, to come back, too. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's next. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's going to so be a good survivor series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Survivor Series, the Thunderdome Cage. <laughs> First time only. <laughs> the kids think it is, but we know it's not. Um, uh, as I said, as I told you, this going off air. I said it on air, and as I mentioned before, I, I'm somewhat friends with Vinny Rue. We call him Brother Bro. Um, and I, and actually, he she did text me and um, told me he was going to stay low for a bit. So. Um, which basically gave me an indication something was going to be going on. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, you had a screenshot to the text me against the text team there. And you say, hey, bro, I'm going to stay low for a while, bro. There's too much stuff going on. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I would say it's it, it's it's, it's about 80, 80, 20, 80% shoot. Thing that happens is going to be public. Uh, I'm pretty sure Rizzo did mean it. But it's corny. Cornette's going to publicize everything. He's going to make everything dramatic. Mm-hmm. And, and anything he do is going to be on Twitter and Facebook and what have you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this talking to Russo off air and on my show, I, I just know a lot of times. Russo doesn't say much about corny. Corny is key put, you know, not to say that they're both uh, adult adults, but it's normally Cornette that keeps doing the antics. Russo's pretty much done. He's talking about wrestling and everything else. And corny just keeps trying to fight, keeps trying to pick, pick, pick. So. Um, yeah. Kennel from hell. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like this is Cornette's gimmick now, you know. And it's like without without Russo, like he doesn't even want to patch things up with Russo. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there are times that Russo doesn't make it easy for Cornette to patch things up with them, but it just really seems like Cornette can't afford literally to patch things up with, with Russo because that's kind of his bread and butter. It's kind of a stick now, you know, and it's, and it's like, if I patch things up, 
there goes my angle. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you stories from Smoky Mountain, but it's not going to be as riveting as hating the guts of Vince Russo and wishes that, you know, wishing that he dies and talking about his mom and his, and his wife and his kid. And it's like, man, you know, that's, that's a compelling audio podcasting right there. But, uh, and and as crazy as it is, I mean, that's what people like to hear. Unfortunately, there's a a pretty, pretty big crowd that prefers to hear that stuff. Uh, and it's like Cornette's become a shock jock, you know. Exactly, exactly, and that's that's really his stick now. And uh, you know, if if he like I said, if he passes things up with Russo, that leaves a really gaping hole in his current gimmick and probably his gimmick for the rest of his podcasting days. Um, you know, it was almost twenty years ago. You know, I mean, the, the actually. The, the live wire episode was over 20 years ago. It's all stemming from this live wire episode. And then, you know, Cornette being a booker and, and Russo taking over and, you know, man, you got, you got to let it go. <laughs> you know, it's At some like, point, move on. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, if your kid it's like, if a, if a child was born the first day that Cornette had animosity with Vince Russo, that kid would probably be like 22, 23 years old at this point. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> I can't, like, the first day I had animosity with Vince Russo, and I'm looking at a 23-year-old, uh, you know, grown man or grown woman, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I really should let it go. You know, <laughs> because <laughs> the life has just passed me, you know, so much of my years. I was in my 30s when I had heat with Russo, and now I'm in my mid-50s. So suddenly, oh, my God. You know, it's like uh <laughs> my, my favorite event, my favorite Vince line is like you said, get friends better, uh, better enemies in your house. That, that, that's not to be over. That's not to be over. Yeah, yeah, they have to give it up. I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. It seems like, I mean, from you know, uh, the the tweet that uh, Cornell put out and just really the, looking at the restraining order, it's it looks legit, uh, but. I don't know. I, I hope that uh, I hope Cornette finds something different. Uh, you know, Vince Russo is definitely not uh, an angel of himself, but uh, Cornette, man, he he just needs to find you know something different with his uh, with with his podcasting. Uh, I'm sure he has plenty of good stories from booking with you know WCW or WWE and ROH and Smoky Mountain. Um, probably not as riveting as you know his heat with Russo, but I like road stories. Uh, I, I soak in every time I interview like an old school wrestler, like a, a Greg Gagne or Jim Brunzello. Jim Brunzello. George Hank uh, Smith. Yeah. yeah, DDP. George, uh, uh, George Hank Smith. Uh, yeah, when I when I interviewed <laughs> Hack and Smith. When I interviewed Gene LaBelle. <laughs> You know, he told me a lot about the bell lock. So <laughs> I just like soaking in those road stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Steve Austin, speaking of road stories, uh, this Steve Austin, you know, he always has some amazing stories to tell on his podcast. But it was a, it was a recent podcast where, you know, I you know, I love just the old school type of mentality. I mean, it's just you know, and we'll talk about, you know, Braun Strowman here in a minute, but 
Steve Austin, you know, he made a really good point. I just, I was just soaking in when I was listening to the podcast and uh, writing about it and transcribed it and wrote about it on WrestleZone. I was just really kind of having some amen moments with when when, when Austin was talking. Uh, I'll, I'll quote, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll read what he said. He said, Naomi deserves better. And this is regarding Lana, uh, not having a single match on the main roster, but her first match being for the top title of the women's division on SmackDown. He said, Naomi deserves better. The title deserves better. Lana wasn't up for this task at hand at this point in her career. I thought she had much more mystique as the valet, whether, whatever the term is with Rusev. Man, they kind of killed her gimmick off and reinvented her. And I just liked her the way she was. So if she wants to be in the ring, that's more power to her. But a lot of the stuff I got on Twitter was, hey, man, for a match, uh, for, for a first match, she did a lot better than I expected. Okay, as I say that, good for her. But as a company who's striving for excellence in sports, and sports entertainment professional wrestling, the best of the best belong on a pay-per-view. They're not pay-per-views anymore, but the best of the best, whatever they're, whether they're a top-tier worker or someone over with X Factor, It Factor, or selling merch or joining a crowd, those are the people that need to be featured on the pay-per-views. And all of a sudden, you have this person come from nowhere, get a title shot, be featured, now come back two weeks later to be your match on SmackDown, with number or not. But I just thought you have to treat a title with higher regard and respect in that, and put the people on the pay-per-views or the events that are broadcast on the net, WWE Network. The best, the best are on the shows. That's just the way I see it. Travis, your thoughts on that? I agree, hundred percent. You know, there's so much about this industry that's kind of been stripped back over the years and, and all the inner workings and everything. There's certain things that I think still need that that mystique and that prestige, and those are the titles. It, it, I agree with Austin 100%. It should be around the waist of people who have worked hard and who deserve it and are proven draws. I like Lana. I like her character. I don't think she was ready for that match. I didn't see any reason for her to be in it. I mean, yeah, they wrote it into a storyline, and it worked, but she didn't need to be there. It was unnecessary, and um, the title deserves, I agree 100%, title deserves a lot better than that. Yep. All the Evan? titles do. Yeah, very much yeah. so. <laughs> no, I'm with you. It Evan? is uh, me and Featherstone deemed, uh, me and Featherstone deemed uh, the Shabbat moments. Uh, I'm with you, Austin's right. I thought the same thing. You you have Lana, you reinvent her, but then her first match is a title match on a pick you nonetheless. One, what does that say about the other competitors that are on SmackDown that they didn't get a title shot? Right. You show up, the match with this straight filler, and it says you have no time for, you didn't even give her a chance. You didn't give her a chance for us. We, we don't know what, what is she. She dances to the ring. What does mm-hmm. she do? Who is she? They give us give us some time. They put more effort in in the Emma, Lena, whatever it was, uh, uh, promos that we had to wait for like almost three years being facetious to wait for. But yet they can't do that little bit for Lana, and we already knew who Lana was. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I, I, <clears throat> she was just really yeah, green. Uh, Lana, yeah, Lana is a. 
uh, pretty good actress. Uh, uh, definitely has a great look. But give us time. Uh, give us. I mean, you got NXT. What was wrong with Rusev? Doesn't need Lana. I mean, granted, Lana's a beautiful woman. Rusev can go by herself. I think that's what Rusev needs. Send Lana to NXT. Let Lana, like you said, build her up from the bottom. Get you know, get her craft under. Get her um, her character developed. And since she's already a known person, once she gets to develop, this shoot at a SmackDown. But I, yeah. I didn't get that. I don't think that the WWE has the creative ability to kind of book from the back onward. Like I, I don't think, I don't think so. Like to me, it just seems as if I mean the typical traditional build is someone comes in, they just establish themselves. They get to, you know, a mid-cart level. They get, you know, that way, and then they continue to build with their character to the point where the title really has to be on them because they're really like the best gimmick in the entire, uh, you know, company. And it's like when you push people too fast – it becomes a really, really good, uh, tough spot to get them out of. Like Seamus, like when 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 Seamus came in, you know he won the uh, he won the WWE yeah. Championship two months after he debuted on the main roster, and right. it's like, wow, like we 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 saw him in ECW, but yeah, okay, <laughs> you know we really he really didn't Charlie. you know. Yeah, yeah, Kali. You know, he he's he, he's another one. You know, but shame is like he really didn't establish himself good enough. You know, for us to really buy into his face or heel character, he beat up like Jamie Noble once, and everybody was like, "Oh, okay." Somehow that deserved the world title shot. Uh, but it's like <laughs> you know, and you know, it's like one of those things that WWE doesn't have just the ability to really have us hone in on a character and just taking away the whole art of the build just really messes that up. If you push someone too early, that's really kind of the standard that the people look at them as. And it's hard to, it's hard to rally behind someone who's already been champ, you know, where's the build, you know, if you come in as champ, you know, where's the build come in? So uh, you know, I understand meteoric rises and things like that, but if you think about it, even people like, even people who have me- meteoric rises, like Kurt Angle, you know, before he was world champ, you know, he was still uh, Euro Continental champion, you know, right. and, you know, Bill Goldberg was still a champ before he won, you know, the World Heavyweight Championship. Hey, might, might I add that William Goldberg, yes, he's in the government, William Goldberg is undefeated and has yet has yet lost a United States title. That's the yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. He had to let it he had to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he didn't get beat for it. He's still US champ. Yeah. That's the, old school, the old school uh method and old of, bouts. Yeah, so if that's the case Ultimate Warrior is still Intercontinental Champ then. Yep. He'll <laughs> never be beat for that. <laughs> right. And that was what, nineteen ninety? WrestleMania wow. six? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's been he's been Intercontinental champ for 27 years. Now he's was it, uh, was it the know. ultimate. Was it the yeah, ultimate challenge? Yeah, exactly. He's going to be like the fabulous Bola. Yeah. The, the ultimate yeah. challenge. The ultimate <laughs> challenge, yeah. And uh, that yeah. note, we can keep going on, on about people who have title belts and never lost. RVD still is the ECW TV type champion. He does. He does. Shawn he Michaels does. is still an IC champ. He just, his smile gave it up. He lost his smile. <laughs> lost his smile. He lost his smile. So he lost his <laughs> yeah. And our good yeah. friend with Shane Douglas, I actually told him that to his face, and he bust out laughing. Good yeah. thing, uh, my man, my man Shane Douglas has a good humor. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the Raw and SmackDown review. We'll talk about the Punjabi uh, prison match uh, when we get to the Raw and SmackDown debut. Uh, so let's let's get to it. Let's let's get to X. Heard the theme song on SmackDown every year. Well, let's bring that back. Let's bring back the Raw and SmackDown debut song as soon as it comes up. It'll probably just pop up one uh, soon, <laughs> sooner than later. We're going to be in the conversation all of a sudden. But yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Raw and SmackDown uh, theme song whenever it decides to come on. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll start. We'll start with Travis on this. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Raw and SmackDown uh, show? Uh, all right. Well, Raw overall, you know, it still lags behind SmackDown in terms of. I think overall quality, it's kind of become like the redheaded stepchild of the of the brands. Um, I still find Raw enjoyable for the most part, uh, and I think they're doing a great job building towards you know great balls of fire. Uh, this week we got some good matches. We had the Hardys, you know, we had uh, Hardys and, and, and Balor versus Sheamus, Cesaro, and Elias Sampson. Um, but for me, for Raw, I think the the highlight of the entire show was the Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe segment. I love that Joe is being presented as this strong threat to Lesnar because I was worried. I was really worried that he was going to be treated as a joke or like not the same level, and mm-hmm. heel versus heel feuds don't always work, and I know you're not really a fan of them. Um, right. But I think like with the real-life toughness that these guys just kind of ooze with and how strong the characters are, it's really fascinating for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think Lesnar's going to retain the title in some way at Great Balls of Fire, probably by like DQ or Countout. Uh, but Joe's going to come out super strong from this. Um, he's really meshed in the WWE quite well. And real quick on SmackDown, um, it continues, I think, every week to be a better show. Um, I'm really happy that uh, the first woman in the, women's money to make ladder match, I was really kind of let down. And I thought on tonight's show they made up for that. It was a much better match. And uh, without the weight of, you know, first ever hanging over it, it, it just had a lot more fun to it. Overall, great show. Absolutely. Uh, great uh, great evaluation there. And, uh, yeah, uh, what about you, Evan? What do you think? I want to come off as the heel. I'm going to go back and talk about Snacky now first. <laughs> um, I, uh, I thought SmackDown was a, was a like, like Double T said, it was a deep, Better show, a, a tad better than Raw, but uh, I, I don't know the, the women. The, I, I'm glad WWE is going in that direction with 
we're seeing different main events. The women can main event Raw SmackDown. You have uh, the newer stars main event Smack Raw SmackDown. It's not just Reigns or Rollins or, or the same people like AJ. But to me, that money in the bank match just was, it was just okay. To me, it was so many safe. To me, it was a lot of holes. It's like, like doing radio with so much dead air. It was just, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, mean yeah, I love all the women. I'm glad for them. I'm glad they got the spotlight. But to me, it wasn't anything about that match that made me go, wow. It was like mm-hmm. watching a cage match, and you never used the cage. You know, you had spots where the people, and we said we were spots where, you know, they fall off the ladder. No one landed on top of the ladder. Everybody, the ladder wasn't touching when they got hit. People mm-hmm. falling off the ladder, supposedly hit the top rope, but they never clear the rope. So to me, this is kind of like, I just would have liked to see maybe two bumps there where you go, wow. Other than that, the match is just okay. It told a good story. Ellsworth came out. He, I mean, I know Ellsworth. He's a he's a man. Why can't he fall through a table? There's no DQ. Why can't he sure. fall through a table? Have Ellsworth go through a table if you didn't want any of the women to get hit or get hurt. So overall, I mean, Sami Zayn, God, God, show will never win a match ever again. His history is just bad. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then Raw. Um, I enjoyed Raw. I love the fact that Joe is basically legit. <laughs> Joe is is. The only person as of right now that I'm sorry, um, that can go toe to toe with Brock, and and the and the Laval ball uh ball segment to me was hilarious, and oh. we all know what what uh what uh what his son said, oh, and I thought boy. it was funny because I thought it was funny because I'm gonna send I thought it was no it wasn't as bad as this is your life, I thought it was funny because these guys came out so comfortable in the ring. To where the Miz and Ambrose had no idea what to do. If you go back and watch Raw, Miz and Maurice and Miz is like, what in the world? It this was like they had no idea. They, 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 they were more over the top than the than WWE guys. You got <laughs> Dan talking, taking off shirts. He uh, saw people like he was like Dragonfly Jones or Martin. Uh, it, it just was hilarious. Like, what is going on? I thought it was funny. Not that it was it was the best. I mean, granted, it was better than Trump's segment. It was better than the Rosie O'Donnell Trump. It was better than the Jerry Springer segment. I thought it was just funny because of the shoot responses from me as far Reese and D. Ambrose, where you could just tell they were like, what is going on? What is going on? But anyway, mm-hmm. Raw was cool. Kaz big booted uh, and go. Uh, um, good to see where that goes. I uh, love Joe's being strong against Brock. Hopefully, Great Balls of Fire, which I love the marketing program and marketing bill for it. Uh, hopefully, that match ends in a no contest. Well, I say, hey, end it in a double, double countout or double uh, double KO, where both guys look strong. Joe can go do whatever he's going to do for SummerSlam, and we get to see Ron Strowman against Brock Lesnar. And this is the thing about their title. I'm not finished with you! <laughs> right. The beast against the monster of our man. <laughs> so, um, it's good to see that. I'm, I'm done with that. Go on, bro. Uh, so, LeVar Bell. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, that was just... That segment was the worst of all time. Uh, there it goes, there it goes, there it is. No one knows these words. <laughs> <laughs> 
No one knows who's there.
we would think, oh my goodness, is this really it? Like, is this, this the time? Is Earthquake going to be the one who, you know, dethrones the immortal <laughs> Hulk Hogan? You know, is is Tug uh, or Typhoon going to be the one? Is Dino Bravo going to be the person? Is, you know, Lanny Poffo, Kurt Hennig, Jimmy all Piper. these people. Yeah, all Piper, all these people, you know, Savage, all these people who come and oppose, you know, Hulk Hogan. They were so good heels that we we thought as kids and even as adults like wow this is this is this is the one you know and when and when Taker you know won and we'll talk about the one off pay per view for this week this Tuesday in Texas when when Hogan won it back but it's like when Taker won I mean I was devastated I mean I, I thought the end of the world was was has arrived. Mm-hmm. When, when when Taker beat Hogan because he was built up as a good heel. But nowadays it's like, you know, Ryback said this. He said that Triple H told him that he doesn't want anyone to be bigger than the business. He don't want any wrestler to be bigger than WWE. And you can see that because their face-heel dynamic is just garbage. And they're really showing that with Braun Strowman. They've done a good job making him heel, but now he's kind of playing the tweener role, and there's not much advancement when it comes when it comes to that because you're not really putting someone over when you're a tweener in, in that sense. That's why you know, although Steve Austin, you know, he had bad guy tendencies, he was a babyface. I mean, he was no matter how you want to slice it, Steve Austin was a babyface. He came out, he did his things, that he he did his thing. He feuded against the biggest heel of the company, Vince McMahon, and that's how he got over it. Quick, you know, plain and simple. Uh, Travis, what are your thoughts on this? The Braun Strowman and the Facebook dynamic. Um, I, well, you mean you nailed it right on the head. Uh, what you're saying, um, they've done such a fantastic job. Braun Strowman, a year and a half ago, I, I didn't think much of this guy, but watching him grow, uh, mm-hmm. taking on. The, the way they did it when I was growing up watching wrestling, when they had to face, uh, God, they call them the preliminary guys back then, you know, and that's the enhancement talent, whatever you want to call it. It was such a great, I think, brilliant idea to, to build them up. And part of the problem going up against uh, Roman Reigns is, you know, Roman Reigns has no personality. <laughs> and that, I think that's part of the problem. Of the three guys from the Shield, he has the least amount of personality. And it, it, I don't think people, people don't like to be told who to root for, who not to root for. So yeah. when you get somebody like Roman Reigns, who's just flat, and and he's presented as, here's the guy, he's the, the next big thing. Uh, so, yeah, of course they're going to cheer for Braun Strowman. Um, in terms of character, you know, he's larger than life. For me, I, I see him, he's a throwback to, like, the old school heels, like the big mm-hmm. monster heels who just beats people up because he wants to, because he can. Yep. And it works. Yep. And I think fans, they appreciate his character, but in this particular instance, they just love that he's destroying Roman Reigns. And it just really it points out the need to uh, organically grow baby faces so that the heels don't continue to be cheered. Very true. Absolutely, 100%. As a matter of fact, that was so good you get one of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Thanks. Tech Proud, can you get, a, can you get a, a, a ding as well? Let's see what you got. About the monster among men. Yeah. Um, I agree with this. Like you said, they they built Strowman. It's probably the best build that they've done for anybody in a long time. The good news is that Braun 
doesn't have to worry about hitting the senior wall. Because every time we get a big major hill push to hit Captain Full Kids, John Cena, and the push dies. <laughs> right. Right, that's true. So yeah, that's true. Love, uh, you've seen that's that, very Cena lovers can hate it, but it's true. I'll, I'll give you one of those just for that. That was very true. Yeah, people, people can get mad all they want. If it's proven, go in history. You hit the Cena wall, you're done. Mm-hmm. Why it still has yet to recover. True. Well, you still has yet to recover. Barry's gone. Yeah, bro, yeah, exactly. They're all gone. Barry's gone. Um... Umaga, you know, he didn't win on the glory, but yeah. he even he couldn't overtop it. But yeah, he got derailed. Yeah, it's uh, I love how they build in Strowman. You told you easily forget that he's to be the wild family, and um, True. I think it's a great build. And and and, and like like WT said, it's the reverse. It's the reverse psychology of you know we're going to shove this guy down your throat. We're going to tell you who to cheer. And we're going to boo you. But we're going to tell you who to boo, and we're going to share it. We're going to go against whatever you tell us to do because we're supposed to have a choice. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, and that, that, to the contrary, as I told, told you before, Father Stone, the good thing about people cheering you when you're legitimately a heel shows how over you are. So that's a good thing. Um, as I was always told about old school legends, long as they're reacting, that's good. You can boo all you want and cheer, but when you don't see anything at all, that's when you got. That's when you're in trouble. And you clearly yeah. see when Bron, and, and you clearly see when Bron came out. And of course, we know he's a heel, but like you said, he's against Reigns, so yeah. he's taking the place of Cena. So anybody that goes against Reigns is going to get cheered. You can take the Miz and go against Reigns. He's going to get cheered. Even X Pac mm-hmm. in 1999, the X Pac, he probably will get cheered going against Roman Reigns. Yeah. And there's nothing against Reigns, and and I, I like Reigns. It's just that's how it is. And, and even anything Ron does, you play say, like the Zayn yeah. Warrior Princess Hercules monster that right. yeah, he is. <laughs> the fans, but they're all yeah. my and, and so it's gonna be interesting to see SummerSlam. Brock yeah. You see Brock, Brock and Braun. Who's gonna cheer? Are they gonna cheer for Brock? Are they gonna cheer for Braun? It seems like they're making. Uh, it seems like they're making uh, Lesnar the the babyface. Um, yeah. And real quick, just my thoughts on Raw and SmackDown, real quick. I, yeah, it seems like they're making uh, Brock the babyface, especially with the Joe thing. I think that's a really good way to to really push Joe. And I'm glad what they're. I'm glad they're making Joe look more legitimate as the weeks progress. Big fan of that. I'm hoping that actually Lesnar gets no advantage. To uh, on Joe into the into the match, uh, I think that would be good. I think that would be a very good way to to, to push Joe. Um, you know, my favorite part was Neville versus uh, Lince Dorado. Um, no, no, it wasn't. No, that, wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't my favorite part. Um, so <laughs> that was just the cruiserweight classic is just such an eyesore on Raw. I, yeah. I despise it. I, I forgot it's, about that. That's And it's like, first of all, you put you put you put the cruiserweights, you put two hundred five on there, and first of all, two hundred five live is in the in the the toughest spot of the entire week. You're right after, like, just think about it from a live crowd perspective. I've said I've said this before. You have two hours of SmackDown television. 
that has a, a bigger stage to it, better production, you know, just has a hyper feel to it. So you have two hours of a bigger, more invested show. And then you're telling me that I'm supposed to stick around for another 45 minutes to watch cruiserweights. Like to me, that just makes absolutely no sense. And it's, it's 10 o'clock. I'm out. It's 10 o'clock. I'm already tired because I've already watched, you know, two hours of programming and you're, you're expecting me to stay in the crowd to watch, you know, cruiserweights that's going to really have no bearings to any type of storyline. And if, even if the storyline occurs, it's not going to be interesting. I mean, I like the Drew Gold, I like the Drew Gulak no fly zone stuff, but it's like it hasn't even really transcended to the main to the main roster, you know. And it's like, I mean, not to main roster, but to Raw or SmackDown, to one of the main shows. But I mean, as far as the uh, as far as SmackDown's concerned, you know, uh, uh, the the Usos, aka Twelve Days, um, <laughs> they, you know, the whole hype bros thing. Um, it, it just to me, it seems like we're going to get a Zack Ryder turn, um, and yeah. the, the WWE has a knack for turning for for splitting up teams nowadays. And so, you know, as soon as you spend more time actually building teams up. Now you're splitting up teams. Last week we saw one half of American Alpha and the other half about five steps in and back to the, you know, to backstage. This week we don't see American Alpha at all. So uh, it's it's odd. It's really odd. Enzo and casting, I'm still not sold in it. I'm still, you know, I'm open. Too early. To, yeah, I'm yeah. open to see how this progresses. I'm just I'm not in it yet. Um, it's time to too shake soon. things up too again. soon. Yeah. It's time yeah. to shake things up again. Just, just the whole I'm gonna be your friend again and turn. I mean, to me, I mean, lifetime, logo, yeah. Oprah oh, free stuff. My wife will catch. My my wife will actually endure about seven minutes of pro wrestling nowadays. You know, a few <laughs> years ago, a few she years ago. Uh, she, my, my, a few years ago, she would hang for about an hour and a half, but nowadays hey, it's like seven ten, minutes. It's like less than, what's that? She went from an hour and a half to seven minutes. What a drop that is! Uh, well, look at the ratings. I think everybody. I think everybody went yeah. from three hours to no to no hours. You know what you <laughs> need? You, you need more of the balls. You need more of the Lavar balls and the Lorenzo. The no, greatest segment oh, overall. Three point oh. No. No way. There's no way. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> oh, yuck. You could. You could keep your Lavar balls and. And Lamelo beat that in words A, and I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is, that, what that, is that, wrong with you? This isn't that, like this isn't the daggone, you know, pickup game on you know in the on the block. I mean, come on, dude. Look come on, on now on the contrary. Yeah, it got people talking about Raw. No, and if this was the attitude ever again, yeah. we would have loved it. No. I think that is he the worst talking. explanation I can ever hear about. Here's the thing. <laughs> as, a fellow, as a fellow African-American, 
There's no way in the world that we should use that word to leverage anything. And, and by oh. and by Lamelo saying that, just right. so you know, uh, willingly. He said it's I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, Dean Ambrose was like, what? Dean yeah. Ambrose was like, what? Yeah, he he actually said WTF as he was coming out, and uh, yeah, it, it was. He had the he had a tough task <laughs> to really that, clean that. Up. that what would you rather, that or Booker T? Neither. Neither. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I get that, but I'm just saying, and I agree with you, you shouldn't have said it. He said it twice. That's why WWE put out the statement, PR move, because, you know, Vince was not having it. What is going yeah. on? What is that song? So <laughs> right. it's, just, I, it, it's like this. I, I agree with you. He shouldn't have said it. Besides the comments, the segment was hilarious because it was just random. People are talking about this segment more than anything else that happened on Raw. Let's let you know the, the current state of the product. Because we had this segment happen back in the Attitude Era on the Monday Night Wars, it probably would have got lost in the shuffle. Well, I think they're t- I think they're talking about this segment because LeVar Ball is an idiot. I mean, Careful. like, you know what? They're, they're not talking about the product, though. They're talking about what he said. Yeah. That's what people yeah, talk that, about. That's yeah. the problem. That yeah. and his antics just being crazy, taking off his shirt, mm-hmm. running on the yeah. ropes. I'm like, what is going on here? He's like, he's like what? the heel of everything now. He's, I mean, he's just, you know, he, you've got five hundred dollars shoes, you know, that even Corey Graves and Booker T just totally ruined your brand because they were just eating his shoes alive. <laughs> they were talking about how <laughs> bad they are. And so it's like it was, that, that whole segment was just a. a would you would you rather buy those shoes, or would you rather still buy the Ico Pro? B. I'm not buying a. I'm not buying a <laughs> pair of five hundred dollars shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Here's the thing. I'm not buying five hundred dollars shoes. So that's that. Just, no, I'm with you. That, yeah. no. If I was a millionaire. I'm not buying a pair of five hundred dollars shoes. I could do oh, so much it? more with my life with five hundred dollars yeah. and buy a pair of shoes. Yeah, they, they, they don't even look good. They're not even. They're not you even can... good. <laughs> no, they're not, they're not even. I wouldn't pay a hundred dollars. <laughs> Perhaps thirty, maybe thirty. And that's and that's if I'm feeling lucky. If I'm if I'm feeling good on on a on a Friday, now let's go. Buy me some big baller brand shoes. Big baller brand. Big baller brand. Yeah, that's the hottest thing going today. <laughs> yeah, I would buy a pair of big baller brands to, to perfect my super kick. The, the, the question, yeah. the question is this, real quick: What is worse, the the cruiserweight division or the mini or the mini division from the six months The cruiserweights. Cruiserweight, yeah. <laughs> I just, I think the, the mini division at least. Mini Division at least had some storylines or some something. Yeah, at least it was some type of attraction. It was some. It was like a you know, it was eccentric. It was something different, you know. But the cruiserweight it just blends right in and it's terrible. I did like Carmel Carmelo winning the Money in the Bank again. I really I'm high on Carmelo. I think uh, she's doing a really good job. Uh, I think um, she's so getting like a lot of heat. I, I'm a big fan that yeah. she's getting a lot of heat and uh, she's doing she's doing a really good job. She's growing. Right before our eyes, you know, like a little kid, you know, about to graduate high school. <laughs> so cute. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. We're going to talk about some this Tuesday in Texas. So let's go to the flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right. This Tuesday in Texas, let me run down uh, the card real quick. Uh, the first match was uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett Hitman Hart, uh, he was still known in 91. Uh, him beating, uh, <clears throat> there were so many dark matches. There were eight dark matches. Uh, <laughs> and only five matches were on the pay-per-view actually. That was the craziest thing. Uh, Bret Hart beat Skinner. Randy Savage beat the uh, Skinner. And then uh, <laughs> Savage got like four DDTs, and and uh, Robert slapped Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth. Oh my uh, That's great. Uh, yeah, the British Bulldog defeating the Warlord uh, with Harvey Whippleman. I forgot that the Harvey Whippleman was managing the uh, Warlord. Repo Man and DiBiase defeating El Matador and Virgil. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then Hulk Hogan defeating the Undertaker. Uh, Evan, what are your thoughts on it, and what do you grade it? Oh man, I can get this by the C. Man, this makes this 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 whole this whole Tuesday in Texas makes two oh five Bible like Star King ninety seven. <laughs> uh this this takes hey, 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 yes, is it okay to say Father Stone? This is my doing. I I, I told Father Stone say, Hey, this will be random, be Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. Uh I hate to be tough on this oh gosh, this thing is bad. Yeah, Skinner. Skinner against Hitman. You got a fake Undertaker, pre pre fake Undertaker, Brian Lee. It, it was just uh, we got to see Piper against Flair in a singles match, which we only had to wait seven years later for them to face each other again. It is this match has so many dog. This pay per view has so many dog matches. El Matador against Ted DiBiase. You had the Beverly Brothers against Road Warriors. Like what is going on? Is the talent around this time? They had so much talent, so many legends, and this pay per view, and this this on a historic note, this had a disappointing buy rate of one point oh. Mm-hmm. And this that was, was like uh, December, that was December, bad. December numbers. Yeah. Remember, right? This was this was yeah. after Survivor Series, and, and this is in between Survivor Series and before the Rumble. So, yeah. um, hey, we got the Great Rumble after this, but and like you, Undertaker against Hogan. I never was a big Hogan fan, so mm-hmm. I really thought Hogan was going to be done when Taker beat him at, uh, at Survivor Series, and then Hogan beat him with uh, their roll-up, grabbing yeah. the tights. I'm like, I got upset. Yeah. Travis, what do you got? <laughs> what, what's your uh, What's your thoughts? And real quick, your your grade. All right. Well, I'll start off with the grade. I'm actually going to give it a B because you got to look at the show back, I think, in the time period that it happened. Um, and I, I thought it wasn't that bad. You go, you go. I was watching it this afternoon. You go back and you listen to the crowd reactions. The 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 whole face heel dynamic, the whole character mm-hmm. development was perfect. You clearly define good guy and bad guy. I thought 
yeah, the buy rates were low, but it was a fresh, it was a fresh idea, something new that WWE was trying out. And there were some really fun matches. I loved Randy Savage versus Jake Roberts. I thought it was it was great. Um, and and I agree with Evan. Like I thought the highlight of the mat of the whole show was the Undertaker Hogan match. And when I think back to it, like for me, it was this was the point in time. Um, in a time of change for the WWE, but it was the point in time when, as a kid, I no longer looked at Hulk Hogan as the immortal Hulk Hogan. This was when that sheen for me started coming off of Hogan. This was he won his fourth world title. He wasn't perfect anymore. He was rolling up using the tights. Everything changed for me as a kid. And this is also, you know, the end. I really think the end of the Hogan era. After this, we had you know Flair, Savage, Hart, Yokozuna, all these different champions. And and when you look at the ramifications of this show. Like, look what we got out of this. We got, you know, Ric Flair winning the 92 Royal Rumble, becoming the world champion. We got every yeah. Rumble after that getting a title shot, you know? It, it just yeah. had a lot of changes to the WWE. So I think, you know, I'll give it a B, maybe even a B plus. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, assessment. Real quick, I only got a couple minutes left. I want to spend the next couple minutes. This is the reason why I give it a B. I'm just going to sit back and relax and enjoy this. This is a promo during the show. From a long-awaited encounter, we will finally see a one-on-one confrontation between Jake the Snake Roberts and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Jake Roberts, the big decision from President Jack Tunney, there will be no reptile allowed in your corner. Now, earlier I saw the Macho Man and his lovely bride, Elizabeth. Randy Savage is wired to the max. He cannot wait to get you into the ring. So what? As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. Randy Savage, the last time I seen you, you were flailing like some helpless child, drowning. Drowning from what? Drowning from the very poison that was running through your veins after that snake had chewed on that arm. For some time he did chew. Now you look at my eyes, Randy Savage, and you see two black holes in the sky. But you look at that snake eyes, and you'll see something so cold and so devilish and so deliberate. Yes, he takes care of what he has to, does what he has to, just like me. Your eyes, your eyes weren't even there, man. You were out, you were gone. But you know whose eyes I enjoyed the most? (laughs) Do you? Elizabeth's. Pupils so small, so intent, so scared for the man that she loved. And what a rush I got, man. Up and down my back, it felt so good. My hair felt like it was tingling. I mean, I had goosebumps all over my body listening to you squeal for a man that could not do anything but flail around and couldn't help himself at all, you know. And see, the thing about Jack Tunney barring the snake from the corner, let me tell you something, Jack Tunney. When I was brought into this world, I could not rob, I could not steal, I could not lie, I couldn't even cheat. But boy, did I have some help learning. You have taught me so well. So you see, it is not my fault, anything that I do out there, you have given me the right to. You have almost pushed the button to make me do it. You have pulled the trigger. So anything that I do is your fault. Snake in the corner. Trust me. Trust me. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding? Wow. <laughs> That's a promo. <laughs> I was looking at that, and I, I was, I was like, I have to edit that in the show tonight. I have to, because that's just what wrestling was about. I mean, that like brilliant. it was two that minutes was awesome. of just an uh, an otherworldly type of. I mean, are you kidding me? I was just, I was so amazed at just yeah. that 
promo. It was incredible. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh. The stuff we watched. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, wow. Shabbat Sh- moments, oh, trailer, trailer. Man, oh man. So, yeah. We have a Shabbat moment. That was just, <laughs> that was so incredible to me, and um, I was like, yeah, I have to play this on the show. I had to edit it and, and play it on the show because it, it just it just it was so encapsulating to me even not, you know, not only 26 not years only later that. we got we got we got a roll though we've got like literally 15 seconds um real quick what, what you got oh real quick he said trust me he's a snake he always said it in his promos love it yeah absolutely it. travis taylor evan proud chris featherstone for crave wrestling has been fantastic trust me I'm out of here. God bless you all. <laughs> Have a good night. Talk to you later. Good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.